0: Grace and mercy and peace belong to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. Twenty five years ago this month, Paramount Pictures released a film entitled Saving. Private Ryan. It's a film that followed a small unit of soldiers from June 6th of 1944, D-Day, and the days that followed. Saving Private Ryan won five Academy Awards for that year, including the Oscar for Best picture, it's gone on to become perhaps the most heralded World War II film ever made. What's easy to forget so many years later is that this film not only had a profound impact on on all the audiences who went to the theaters to, to see it, but also the indescribable stirrings of memories it created within veterans of World War II. I felt as though I was there all over again, one World War II vet said. Another jokingly said, I was thankful the screen was there to protect me from the bullets. Many others, however, simply sat in the theater and quietly sobbed. It made such an impact that the VA, the Veterans Administration, at that time actually had to hire more staff to take the phone calls coming in from vets who were dealing with emotions they thought they had buried forever. Perhaps, brothers and sisters, hopefully in a much, 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 much less traumatic way, perhaps you have experienced something a bit similar. You're viewing a scene in a particular movie or you're viewing a a, a scene in a particular television program or maybe you're simply reading a, a scene in a particular story. And then there's something about it. There's something about it that that jars you. Something about it that gets close to the bone. And before you know it, you are thinking about something you have not thought about for a very long time, if ever. Let's keep that in mind as the Lord invites you and me to watch four scenes that revolve around the most important encounter that you and I will ever have in this life. I'm going to say that again The Lord Jesus is about to invite us to watch four scenes that revolve around the most important encounter that you and I will ever have in this life. As you and I settle in and watch them, here's a question for each of us here. Which scene, which scene hits home or you. Here's the setting. Jesus and his disciples are, are right along the Sea of Galilee at this, at this moment. A large crowd has, has gathered to listen to Jesus. They come; Many have come from faraway places. The, the crowd is so large, in fact, that, that Jesus has to do something uh, of a logistical ma- nature just to be heard, he, he, he goes out into a boat and he sits on that boat so that he can be heard by the massive crowd that's on the beach and that they can see him. Now, if you and I were right behind Jesus in that boat so that we could see over his shoulder and see what he sees, he would have seen all these people, massive numbers of people standing there and sitting on the beach wanting to listen to him people from all kinds of backgrounds and all different stories that as to what brought them there and as jesus looks out over that crowd he knows that they are not of of the same mindsets They are coming with all kinds of attitudes. They are coming with all kinds of agendas. They are coming with all kinds of of presumptions about Jesus, some of which are true, many of which are not. But as Jesus looks out over those crowds, he knows that they all hold one thing in common. They all have a desperate need for a rescue from the curse of their own sin. Whether they realize it or not, each of them has a desperate need for rescue from the curse of their own sin. And so Jesus, as he speaks to them, he delivers the first recorded parable And his parable is this, he he gives what, for everyone there, is a very familiar picture. The, The familiar picture of a farmer at that time, sowing a field. Fields in those days, not very big, but it was prepared for planting, and this farmer is very skillfully, very evenly, but by hand, scattering seed on his field. And as he does, various things happen to that seed. Number one, some of that seed falls, Jesus says, on a very hard path, and it's not long before birds come and just pick it up. Another result, second one, some of the seed falls on very rocky ground. Perhaps there's an inch or two of, of thin topsoil and then underneath is, is rock. Well, That kind of soil can warm up very quickly under the sun. And so that, Jesus explains, that that grain grows rather quickly, but then the heat of the sun gets to it, and because it has no root, it quickly withers and dies. A third result. Some of the seeds fall among thorns. And very quickly, the thorns grow and they choke out the seeds. And then Jesus says, some of the seed grows. And it grows abundantly, and it flourishes, and it produces much, much, much grain. A bit later, Jesus was alone with his disciples, and he unpacked Some of the details of this parable. That first picture, seed falling on the hard path. Jesus tells them that this describes those who who hear the word, but they are dismissive of the word. They don't understand it as as Luther describes in this section. He says it's for those where the, the word of God comes and it comes in one ear and out the other. Well, if that is the attitude, and the attitude is, yeah, right, I'm hearing the word, I'm hearing the word, but I've got other things to do. There's something called real life. I've got stuff to take care of, so I'll put it off to another day. I'll put it off, I'll put it off, I'll put it off. And sooner or later, Jesus warns, the devil is going to notice this, and he's going to snatch up that word, and the opportunity for the encounter with the living word of God Will be gone. As for the seed that lands on rocky soil, here Jesus says that describes someone who receives it with a a big dramatic splash of, of emotion and joy, but because that faith in Christ has no deep root, it remains shallow. As soon as the heat of trouble and tribulation comes along, what is there will quickly die away. Third, the seed that lands among the thorns. Jesus says that describes someone who hears the word, comes to faith, but then the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches begin to loom so large in that person's life that it dominates their field of vision, it fills their heart, and it shoves out saving faith in Christ. And then there's the fourth. There, Jesus says, that describes someone who hears the word, who comes to faith in Jesus as Savior, who grows in that faith through the power of that living word. And as that person grows, continues to bear fruits of faith to the glory of God and for touching the lives of others. Now for the hard part. There are three uncomfortable but loving warnings for all of us here in this room and for all of us who are with us via live stream Three uncomfortable warnings that Jesus has for us here, myself included. Warnings for all of us who are hearers of the word. Which scene hits home for you? Is it the first one? The seed falling on the path? That picture reminds us that it is possible. It's possible to be in an area where we hear words being spoken, but we do not listen. That we just find reasons to put it off. We find reasons to find other priorities. We find some reasons to talk ourselves into thinking that we can circle repentance and seriousness about God on a calendar someday. But it is possible that the moment may come when Satan will seize the opportunity to snatch it away and then the encounter with the Word of God will be over. Or is it the second example? Seed falling on rocky soil. This example reminds you and me that it's possible, for instance, to have happy memories of learning about Jesus in 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 sunday school or 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 through a a a christian grade school i have all kinds of happy memories oh it was great taking part in the in the christmas eve service and i remember all the fun that we had with our school friends boy those are great memories but in the years that have passed if we have not put down roots if our faith in jesus christ has remained that of a child and not seasoned into a Christian grown-up. Then Jesus warns that the heat of trouble and tribulation and suffering may come along and scorch and wither whatever frail faith is left. or is it the third example a seed falling among thorns that example reminds you and me that it is possible to come in faith to come to faith in Christ but then the cares and the anxieties of this world can begin to loom so large or the deceitfulness of wealth or the pleasures of this world which in and of themselves can be great blessings from God, but when we begin to center more and more and more on them, what is going to entertain me? What can I do for refreshment? What can I do for recreation? What can I do with my days off? What can I do to stimulate my my sense of fun if that becomes dominant? we can slip into actually thinking that that is what our lives are supposed to be about. And if that happens, if the bells and whistles of this 21st century life crowd out Jesus from our field of vision, and if that continues, then Jesus warns in his word that there will come a moment there will not, the moment will not be on this day because I have neglected the word of God, I'm going to put my hands on my hips and I formally renounce Jesus as my savior. That's not how it happens. There simply comes a moment when Jesus is not part of real life anymore. He has simply faded faded and faded until there is nothing left to fade. Brothers and sisters, the Lord gives us these uncomfortable warnings because he loves us so dearly. You and I, we who battle our old sinful natures every single day, you know what our old sinful natures are are capable of. That our old sinful nature is working 24-7 to drive Jesus and his word out of our hearts forever. And we must confess to each other and to our Lord that there have been plenty of times when we have been dismissive of our hearing of the Word. There have been plenty of times when we have thought that it would be just fine to allow our faith to be shallow, that as long as we had some good grounding when we are kids, we'll be just fine for the next several decades of our life. We must confess that you and I have fallen into the temptation that we can allow the cares and anxieties of this world to loom large, to dominate our thinking, and for our quest for entertainment and recreation and pleasure to be the dominant force in our life that somehow we think we can play that game and we'll get by with it, when in reality... The stakes are too high, and the peril is real, but Jesus comes to us with these uncomfortable warnings to bring us to repentance. And As we come to him in repentance, as we stop to consider with sorrow all of the ways that you and I have been able to think up to neglect the Word of God, and that as we look once again to our Savior for forgiveness, He is there to wash us clean all over again. He is there to blanket us in His holiness all over again. He is there to assure us all over again that through faith in Him, we are His, all is well. And it is that very good news that empowers us to live in the reality of that fourth example of coming to faith, of digging into the Word, of taking the root of our faith and driving it deeper and deeper through the, through the power of the Gospel and Word and sacraments so that when the heat of trouble And tribulation and suffering come. We do not flinch because Jesus Christ holds us fast. Therefore, brothers and sisters, be refreshed. You and I, be renewed. You and I, sink your roots deep. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Embrace him alone. Amen. May the peace of God that surpasses all understanding keep our hearts and minds in Jesus. Amen.